0: I have some really touching news, good news for this room. For the past couple years, I have used a clicker and 10%, 15% of the time, that clicker fails. This is almost weird because of the song. I'm trying to be, but my friends, I got a new clicker. Yeah, and this is not your, you know, infrared clicker line of sight usb jump. no 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 this is a radio frequency driven clicker you know what that means yeah neither do i but uh, i'm telling you that it's going to work the holy spirit is in this place can you feel it with with the clicker okay i got everyone confused Wait, are you talking about the clicker, or actually? Because I think he is here. He is. Um, I'm really glad you guys are here. Today we're going to celebrate communion. And communion is a time to remember what Jesus did for us, how he paid the penalty for our sins on the cross, and therefore gave us victory over death and an invitation into life, abundant, full life, life that lasts forever and life that is real and beautiful now and forever. And when we celebrate communion, we take some symbols. We take bread representing the body of Christ. And we take juice or wine representing the blood of Christ. And those things were broken. His body was broken. His blood was shed. And he told us, before he actually died on the cross, he told his disciples, he said, when you come together, do this now in remembrance of me. Take this this bread, and remember that my body was broken for you. Remember that my blood was shed for you. Remember what I'm about to go through. And when he brought his, his disciples together and he was saying that, that time, that first communion, that last supper before he died, it was, it was an amazing moment because it was a climax of thousands of years of history and thousands of different events that had taken place and ultimately it was a festival that was being celebrated where Jesus took the festival the passover festival that had been celebrated for so many years and he he filled in the missing pieces see it had been it had been happening because of an event that took place and then God told them to remember that event through festivals and celebrations this passover feast And then ultimately Jesus shows up during that time and everything that they thought the festival was, he brings into fruition, he brings into high definition with the communion, that last supper, he brings it into all that it's supposed to be. And Jesus did this all the time. You see, the nation of Israel had festivals all the time. They had different things that they would do every year to remember and to celebrate things that God was doing. They did it to remember the promises of God and to be reminded of the character of God and to help restore hope when things were going bad. They would celebrate. And they would do it big, man. Some of these festivals were months. Some of these festivals were weeks. And, and, and they would spend lots of time and energy and they would break away from the normal routines of life to actually celebrate. The modern equivalency to this for us is honestly whenever you have a wedding, Americans don't really do this that much. We don't, we don't celebrate, you know, the way that, that this culture would, the way that the Jews would. We, we don't do it. We, we have Christmas, and, and the festivities last, you know, a couple days, Christmas Eve, and, you know, maybe that, that season between Christmas Eve and, and New Year's is that, that season of celebration that's somewhat like this, where there's multiple different, you know, meals and times for family to come together. But a wedding is more like it where you spend a lot of money and you take a lot of time and you bring family together and you actually celebrate a moment that's spiritual when two people come together in the name of jesus at a wedding but typically things like this just don't happen around us so it's hard for us to understand but they would come together and they had these festivals all the time and throughout jesus's life especially towards the last three years of his life when he started to to move into his ministry to to share with the world who he was and what he came for, he would show up at these festivals. And these festivals had different meetings. And one of the festivals that he showed up to was a festival called the Feast of the Tabernacles. And this was a, a feast of booths. And what it was is it was a time for the Israelite people to remember the provision of God when the people of Israel were in the desert, and how God provided for them when they were wandering in the desert. He provided food for them called manna, and he provided water for them in the desert. He became this kind of of living thing for them. He gave them what they needed. And so they would come together to kind of build, and they would actually move out of their Dwelling places, and build little booths, and they'd stay in those booths for a week, and and all those booths were just kind of handmade. Sometimes they just, uh, you know, they would just block the sun, and they would spend time in them, and they would just use that time to remember the fact that God provided for them in the midst of the desert. And during that ceremony, um, at the end of it, a priest would kind of have this moment where he'd come through the water gate in the, in, in the temple or in the, in the city of Jerusalem, and he'd carry water and he'd carry wine, and he'd walk up to this specific spot in the temple where there was two basins and he would pour out a whole jar of wine and the people would celebrate and he'd pour out a whole jar of water and the people would celebrate the wine kind of kind of representing harvest and, and, and provision and the water representing giving what we need to sustain life. And they would celebrate and celebrate. And in that moment when Jesus was there, one time he stood up at that festival and John McCambridge did a great talk in more depth about this feast. A couple months back but he actually stood up in front of the people at the Feast of Tabernacles where they are celebrating the provision of God through the living water and he stood up and he said I am the living water he said I'm the living water and everyone went what we've been celebrating this symbol that God was a provider But when Jesus stood up and said, I'm the living water, what he's actually saying is, I am who you're celebrating today. I am the festival. I am the reason. I'm the reason that you're here. You see, all of that was to just show you it was a signpost. It was the beginnings. It was kind of a mark. It was a shadow of this. Because that festival that you're celebrating now, it all got started to bring us to this climax where you knew you needed water in the desert. Well, you need real water. You need spiritual water, and that's me. I am here to bring you the provision you need. I am here to forgive you of your sins. I am here to give you life. I am the festival. Amazing. Jesus is the climax of this entire story that had 4,000 years of history, and the people celebrated all the time, and then he stands up, and you can imagine the conflict this brought up. How can he be that? And they were waiting for someone to be that, but they thought he would look like a king, and it was just totally different, because then he would go to a cross, and he would enter into a spiritual kingdom that didn't look like they expected, but to say that he is the living water is to either declare himself a lunatic or to actually be the Lord. And he stood up, and he said that, I am the festival. I am the living water. Another time Jesus showed up for a different festival, the festival of dedication. It was a festival to dedicate the temple because in the history of, of the Jews, they had this moment where this horrific tyrant leader from Syria named Antiochus Epiphanes came into Jerusalem and he desecrated and desolated the temple. And he actually destroyed it and he, he, he took the things out of it. He brought in foreign gods and he, he was an abomination to the temple. Ultimately, because of that, there was a revolt that grew up in the Jewish community called the Maccabean Revolt, and they put together this whole fight against Antiochus Epiphanes. And actually, the word Maccabees, it means hammer, and so they basically, they were met with a sword by the Syrian leader, and they, they, they built up this defense and this attack as a hammer to strike back. And they moved him out, and they won the battle, and then they rededicated the temple and when they rededicated the temple, they didn't have enough oil. They only had enough oil for one day, but they lit this candle, and then it lasted eight days. It's where we get Hanukkah. The festival of dedication is the festival of Hanukkah. Jesus shows up at Hanukkah, and they're all celebrating this hammer. They're all celebrating the fact that God did this amazing thing to kind of revive them and restore them and release them from the Syrian oppression that happened in their in their town in their city in their temple and Jesus at this festival he stands up and he says I'm the festival and while they're expecting him and they're expecting their leader to kind of represent what they did as a hammer or as the strong resistance Jesus says I am the good shepherd and he says you are dedicating the temple and you are thinking that the way that God is gonna be is like a hammer, he's gonna dominate these Romans that are oppressing you. But actually what he says is, I am the good shepherd and the sheep that know me follow my voice. And in that moment, a broader picture of what God is doing through the word of God and truth, starts to become the actual weapon that God is going to use to set people free. Where it used to be a hammer, or with the Romans it's a sword, Jesus says, I'm coming with the truth, and my truth is a voice, and it's not a hammer. It's a simple, gentle voice that speaks the truth, that created the world, that led people who were in trouble out of trouble. It's this amazing picture that Jesus shows up He says, I am the festival. I am the festival. I'm who you're celebrating. I'm who you're looking for. I'm your deliverer. And then, of course, communion happens at the Passover, and so many of us know the story of Passover. It's a story of the Jewish people ending up in Egypt in slavery for 400 years and a horrific king rising up and enslaving the nation so that he can grow his industry and grow his, 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 uh, his city, his town, that he can use these people to build and make bricks and buildings and all this stuff. And eventually, they cried out so much and God heard them and used a man named Moses and sent Moses into this place to talk to Pharaoh to deliver these people. And God gave them all these miraculous signs and wonders to show power. And ultimately, after a certain series of events, the Pharaoh decides to let the people go. And then he changes his mind and they end up on this shore as they're leaving, they end up on the bank of the Red Sea and they've got a, 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 essentially this giant sea in front of them and they've got an army behind them and they're stuck. And in that moment, God gives them a way out. God takes the Red Sea and he parts it and all of Israel walks through this path, walks through this road, walks through this way and then they make it safe to the other side, and the Egyptian army gets defeated in the water. And Jesus, actually, in the Last Supper, he says to the people, as he's doing this communion, he says to his closest followers, he says, you know, the Passover, the celebration of the, the Red Sea being part of the celebration of God making a way for people that are in slavery to be set free, he says, I am that festival He says I am that way and he actually says these words he says I am the way the truth and the life and for those Jews who are going we've been celebrating this festival of the Passover for so many years thinking about God being the way and Jesus comes up and he says I am that way that pathway through the Red Sea that was me you're not celebrating a pathway just through the Red Sea. Historically, I am here today for you to start to now celebrate me because I am your way out of slavery. I am your way out of sin. I am your way out of injustices. I am your way out of spiritual death. I am your way out. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the way to life. And so when Jesus says that, it's like takes this beautiful moment of Passover and it adds it kind of brings us to the, this amazing, this, this story, this, this symphony, this zenith point, this, this climax in a story where he goes, all this time you've been celebrating that and really it's me, it's Jesus. I'm who you're celebrating. And so communion is a time for us to celebrate Jesus. It's a time for us to celebrate what he did for us, how much he loves us, how much he gave for us. And his intentions with communion to have us be reminded of a God who becomes living water, of a God who is a good shepherd, of a God who is the way. And not just through festivals, but who is the celebration, who is the focal point, who is the summation of all that God had been saying to a nation for thousands of years. Jesus' intentions... When he shows up in jerusalem that last week of his life are incredible and he starts off symbolically showing us what he's going to do literally on the cross a week later when he shows up for the feast of passover he actually rides in on a donkey and they all they all have heard about some of the miracles that he's been doing and they they know he's a famous rabbi and there are people that believe that he is the king so he rides in on a donkey and they they say save us they shout hosanna and then what jesus does next is fascinating He goes in to the temple, the place where they would worship, the place where sacrifices would be made daily and and the sacrificial lamb would be sacrificed once a year for the the covering of all the sins of of Israel. He goes into this temple, and the temple at that time is being used for people to make money, to sell things, to steal things, to actually have merchants there and to, to sell goods. And Jesus goes into this place that was designed for a place of sacrifice, and designed for a place of the Spirit of God, which the people of Israel had at one point, the Spirit of God in the temple, but he left, and they were waiting for him to come back, so Jesus goes back into the temple, and there's all this stuff in there, this junk, these people that are using that space to sell, and steal, and and, and, and run their businesses, and Jesus goes in there, and he actually takes a whip, and he starts whipping people out of there, and he takes tables and he turns them over and for some people this is like I thought Jesus was gentle I thought he was kind but the picture is that the temple at that time represented where the presence of God was supposed to be and in that moment and in that season of history what God does is he teaches us that what was a shadow was now the reality that you and I and our hearts are the temple of God And it's no longer that the Spirit of God is gonna come and dwell in a temple made with human hands, but now the, the Spirit of the living God is going to, through Himself being the way and the truth and the life, He's going to dwell in the hearts of human beings. And so Jesus shows up in Passover to become the way, to become the festival, and He starts turning over the tables as if to say, We all have this junk in our hearts. We have this sin in our hearts. We have a bunch of stuff in our hearts that's not supposed to be there. And I want to be the God of your heart. And you have got to get rid of anything else that's not about me. You've got to get rid of sin. And you've got to get rid of of idol worship. And you've got to get rid of materialism. And you've got to get rid of whatever it is that's, that's consuming you that's not me. Jesus symbolically clears the temple, and then a week later when he dies on the cross and his blood wipes away our sin, he spiritually clears the temple. And so we're here today to go, God, thank you. Thank you for coming and making a way so we can have a relationship with God. Thank you for clearing the this, this sin out of my life that separates me from you. But the thing about communion and the reason that they, they would celebrate these, these things every year is they would lose hope or they would stumble. And so they need reminders. So Jesus takes this thing that was used as a reminder to make it remind us of something new. And that is this, that in the temple of our hearts, sin still sets up its table, doesn't it? Sin still sets up its, its, its area in, in, where God is supposed to lead, where God is supposed to be the, the, the ultimate leader the ultimate source of life, we allow sin to set itself up. And every one of us have that. Every single one of us in this room, we have things in our heart that we know, and things in our lives, ultimately behaviors, beliefs, bitterness, whatever it is, that we just allow to sit in there, and communion is a time to remember that our sins were wiped away by the blood of Jesus. And that every single time we take it, We remember God doesn't want this sin in my life he died for this sin he shed his blood for this sin he doesn't just want to make it neutral and 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 kind of cover the sin he wants to clear it out like he cleared the temple out and so communion is an opportunity for every single one of us to say God clear the temple clear my heart it's it's Another word, it's an opportunity for something that the scriptures call repentance. To actually turn away from sin. To remember that this this death was, was given to us to cover and wipe away sin and to start moving in a different direction. And it's exactly what Jesus says when he takes this amazing Passover festival, this feast, and he brings it into high definition and says here's what it's all about, it's all about me. It's all about what I'm about to go do. And he says it with these symbols, the bread and the cup. This is in Matthew. He says it this way. He says, while they were eating at this feast, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body symbolically broken for you. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, for the forgiveness of sins, for the clearing of the temple. I cleared it out when I got here. You guys were there. I'm here to clear out the temple, and every time you sit down and you take communion, remember that I died on a cross to clear out the temple. I was, I was brutally beaten. It was excruciating pain that I went through to clear out the temple. Let's remember the price I paid to clear out the temple because what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to have this beautiful life and it's supposed to be this temple inside of you where you and God dwell richly and you spend time together and you do life together and when you let sin in the temple, it destroys the way life is supposed to be. So come together. Remember my death. Remember that I died for your sins. Do it in remembrance of me and take that time to remind yourself that your sins are forgiven and take that time to repent, to move away from the sins that are stuck inside of you. And so here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna say a prayer and I'm just gonna thank God for this, this amazing opportunity we have to worship him and commune with him and fellowship with him and to have a conversation with him that goes A little like this because what I want you to do is after I'm done praying I want you to go go to the closest table pick up the bread dip it in the juice go back to your seats and sit down I want you to sit down and I want you to just look or just hold this this bread dipped in juice in your hand and I want you to just say thank you God thank you for dying on the cross for me thank you for forgiving me of my sins thank you for wiping them away and then I want you to start to name in your mind the sins that are set up in your temple. Specific things, a thought, a behavior, a, 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 a bitterness, I want you to name them. I want you to think about them. I want you to actually look at them and I want you to identify them as those things that are set up in the temple of God that Jesus is coming to wipe away. And I want you to say, Jesus, clear the temple. Clear the temple in me today. Take away my sins, take away these problems. Take it away. I want to run from it and let him do it. And then, and then I want you to just, just, just think for a second. Just, God, just help me. Just move into my life. Grab the whip. Just go. Just rip it out of my life. I don't want this in me anymore. And then I want you to just say thank you, God, and eat it in remembrance of his gift. So when I say amen, you guys all stand up and go take communion that way. And then the band will lead us in a song after you've all sat down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that God stepped into human history, that Jesus is our God. And that you, you, you care about us and that you didn't just drop in out of nowhere, but that you've had this amazing plan that you've been, you've been orchestrating for thousands of years with these beautiful symbols and festivals and these amazing experiences. And then all at once, you... You, Jesus, you embody them all at once. You're the feast of booths. You are the living water. You are the temple of dedication. God, you are the Passover lamb. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Amazing, you embody all these symbols all in one. All in one, Jesus, you, we worship you. Because in all the things that you are, we see all that we need. We need living water. We need We need a a dedication and a cleansing of the temple. We need a way through life. We need it, God. And you've offered that to us. So we thank you for dying on a cross. We thank you for raising from the dead, for not just giving us life now, but life the way it's supposed to be, never-ending, never-ending in you. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen.